Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast with Tara and EJ Kerwin. And today we are super excited for our guest speaker. And it's something that my heart is very close to. Yeah, this very much connects to us and our sort of origin story of yes. our center and yes. couples counseling yes. and, and everything. So this is this is a cool one for us. So I'd like to introduce you all to Catherine O'Brien. I'm borrowing a little bit from her Instagram where she is wife, mom, therapist, and author. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's the author of the book, Happy with Baby, uh, Essential Relationship Advice When Partners Become Parents. Welcome. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here with both of you. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. Yeah. I mean, first, it's it's just always nice to get to know you a little bit mm-hmm. and have our audience get to know you a little bit. Can you just sort of give us a little bit, you know, about yourself as a person, as a, as a clinician, as an author, just kind of give us a little intro? Yeah. So I'm here out in Sacramento, California, and I've lived in California my entire life, the northern part of it. And I live with my husband and our two children ages 12 and 8, though we're like on the cusp of turning 13 and 9, which just feels like I can't (laughs) even believe it. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, I've been working with new and expecting parents as a therapist for over 10 years now, but also have been a therapist. I did the math yesterday because I was filling something out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been licensed for over 17 years. And it's really... um, (laughs) Hard to believe, but I got into this like passion of working with parents, new parents, after the birth of our first child and realizing just how unprepared and how (laughs) difficult it was for me and for, you know, the relationship with my husband and realizing how hard it was for me and then looking around at people around me that I was meeting in different moms groups and stuff and knowing it wasn't just me and how, Mm -hmm. like, I wish I could share some wisdom or some information that I was, like, learning along the way. And that's just kind of how it all all began, so. I can just really relate when you go through something as a therapist yourself and you didn't realize how difficult the transition could be. And it's like, wow, I'm just compelled now to like help others navigate this situation. And so I just, I love that you kind of took that and and, and wrote this book. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting because when I was, so when my son was, when I was pregnant with him, I was doing like a prenatal yoga class. And then that after having him, you know, that she, the place that I went to also offered like a postpartum exercise class where you could bring your baby and stuff. And I was just talking to her one day and she was asking me what I did. And I told her, you know, I was a, a marriage and family therapist, which sometimes you don't tell people <laughs> what you really right, do. Exactly. But it was one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, I could tell her what I do. You know, and then she's <laughs> like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm actually opening because she was just teaching it at a local community center. And she's like, yeah, I'm actually opening up like a storefront and offering different kinds of classes. And you should come teach a class for me. And I was like, well, actually, I've been thinking about, like, because I, I had been keeping in my mind, like, all the things, like, I wish I would have known to have been prepared for. And so mm-hmm. that I wanted to share. So, you know, I ended up, her and I kind of put a class together, and we taught it once together. And then she's like, yeah, you know, why don't, I think you, this is a wonderful class. You should keep teaching it. But I'm so busy with these other things. I can't teach it with you, because she was a childbirth educator as well. And so then I asked her, I'm like, well, what do you think if I taught it with my husband, who's not a therapist, 
but he <laughs> is a very good presenter. And as I was preparing for it, you know, I was getting feedback from him and he really had, you know, kind of a different perspective and he was able to like, you know, fine tune some things. And I really wanted it to be a class, just not another class that women are trying to teach you know, both partners, like what it's like, like I'm the mom and I'm going to tell you over here what it's like. I wanted the other perspective too, as a partner. So he was shockingly on board to teach it with me. And, you know, it's, it's awesome because we've been teaching it for almost 12 years together. And, um, and so then that's kind of where the book came from. The book is like a product of this like workshop that we've taught and just like stories and things we've learned along the way, as well as like experience and stuff that, you know, I picked up from like clients and and different things. So yes, that's, you know, kind of just wanted to reach more people and just have that, that feeling of like, you're not alone in this. Like it's, it's, it's hard for a lot of people. Like, it's not like this, you know, everything's great. You have a baby and it's the most wonderful time and you should enjoy yeah. every moment. And, and I think that is where it sets people up for failure, you know, or feeling exactly. like failures. I love that. Cause EJ and I, we, um, when we started, we co-facilitated together therapy sessions and like you, I've been a therapist for almost, I'll do the math, but like 18 years and yeah. I've never co-facilitated therapy with someone and EJ and I have very different styles, but when couples hear like how, we went through a difficult time and we normalize it. It is just like the most connecting, real, genuine relationship. And Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I think why, you know, a lot of couples feel really safe when it's, you know, when it's working with EJ and I, because we're very honest and real about like how difficult it was. And we're, you know, we're both trained mental health professionals. And like, we had no idea. (laughs) Anxiety. I'm like, yeah, yoga is not going to help with that right now. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think one of the things that we're that we've learned so much as couples counselors over the years is how like unprepared couples right. are for so many of the aspects of their of their oncoming relationship. Yes. You know, like you know, certainly like long long term having a healthy sexual intimate relationship is something that like we get no guidance yeah. and we just have to sort of figure out and everybody struggles with it. But I think, you know, the what you wrote your book about and this thing of like who tells us what it's going to be like to have a kid? We just, you know, we just naturally think we're supposed to have these adaptive, you know, ways in yeah. which to deal with it. But it's this hugely destabilizing event. And, you know, maybe we read a book or two if we're lucky, yeah. you know, and then in the crazy nine months before it happens. <laughs> right, right. One thing EJ always says to couples in one of our first sessions, and I'm like, honey, I don't know if you want to say that, but he'd be like, having children is like a train wreck to your relationship. <laughs> yes. And people are like, it really is. Because again, like you said, like people, uh, so I mean, I'm, I guess yeah. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but that's kind of what the book was written for, right? Like right. to help couples be more what? Help us understand a little better. So it was written because I guess to look at the whole picture, right? Like, cause we go in and it's like the baby comes and it's like all our focus tends to be on the baby and, and it's a lot and they need a lot and we can lose ourselves. We can lose, you know, our relationships. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I want to like slow things down and be like, in order to be a good parent, what are the other things that I need to do? Like, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. So the book is kind of yeah. divided into three sections, like, you know, taking care of self. So in order for me to sustainably, continuously 
be a good parent and a good partner, I have to put some focus on myself and what does that look like and how do I do that? And then also to continue, the next section is like, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm connecting, you know, with my partner and that like we're on the same page and working together during this time and beyond, you know, and it's like Mm -hmm. being able to have check-ins and, and talk about our different perspectives and our different experiences and what I might find difficult, you know, my husband might not find difficult, which is probably good, you know, and like, how do, you know, how are we balancing each other out and our, with our strengths and our weaknesses and, and working together in that way. And then of course, it's like the third section is what am I doing to make sure that I'm bonding connecting with my child. And that's the third section. And I often say I leave it for last because that's not the one people usually struggle with because that's where they're putting all their energy. But I do like to say is you both need to be doing and spending time with the kids because sometimes it feels like one partner is doing all the work or they're taking everything on. And it's like looking at that and is, is it just me and my partner is not wanting to do anything? Or am I kind of like pushing them out and thinking that I'm doing it right and I have a way and if they're not doing it my way, then, yeah. you know, whatever. A lot of resentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was a huge thing, I think, in our relationship early whatever on. Whatever are you talking <laughs> about? And like family as well was Tara felt like she wasn't getting any support from anybody. And all of us were like, it doesn't look like she needs any. Like she's just like doing everything and more. And I have a history of not being able to ask for what I need or even like that mom guilt, like, oh, like we were supposed to do it all. And like, how come I feel so overwhelmed? I'm such a bad mom. And I just remember, oh, I'll never forget this, Catherine. I was, so I had twins and I nursed them Every single hour for like yeah. nine months. I don't I even can't know. Can't even when. imagine because what one nursing is overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending, and they both had colic, by the way, for oh six my months. Gosh. So I'm sitting in this my friend group. There's like five of us, and we're all nursing, and like we all had babies around the same time, and I'm just crying. And one of the friends was like, "You really shouldn't be crying. The babies are picking up on your energy." And I felt so defeated. I was like, and then it just made me feel like, "Oh God, I'm doing a horrible job." Yeah. I mean, just it gets so complex. And then the one person you can take it all out on is your husband. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So when we got together, EJ already had two littles. They were two and four when we got married. And then we got pregnant with twins on our honeymoon. So I went from zero to four children in about a year and a half. And I remember like not only was just kind of not being prepared for colic twins or twins at all, yeah, but also not being prepared to like blend the family with it and what that looked like. Right. That just made me think about, like, my husband and I, like, we had different experiences growing up around kids. Like, I had no prior experience being around babies at all. You know, mm-hmm. like, they were sending me home with a baby, and I, I mean, I took the childbirth classes and all, you know, the prep <laughs> classes. I That was the, the the extent of my experience. So he had had siblings that were much younger. So he had been around babies, changed diapers, you know. Like, he seemed to, like, know what he was doing to some degree. So he, you know, changed the first few diapers or whatever. And and he just seemed to make it look easy. And I was like, I'll never forget because our son was a, a week early. And people had told me, like, the first one's going to be late. So I had all these plans to get things done. And my husband was still working. So we got home from the hospital and he had to go in for a meeting or something before he could take his time off. And I remember just, like, sitting in the rocking chair 
holding him, hoping that he was not going to like need anything until my husband got back. Cause I was like, <laughs> sure that like, I just couldn't do it. And I just remember I sat there the whole time. I think I fed him, like I nursed him, <laughs> but it was like, I just like didn't move from the chair and just like hope that he was going to sleep. And, so, and I was like being like so relieved when my husband like walked through the door. I was like, oh, okay, good. Like somebody, now somebody else can, you know, he's here to like handle it for me or, you know, help me out because I don't know that I, I know what I'm doing or how to do it. And there was a piece of me that was like, ah, oh, he's better at this. I'm not, mm-hmm. that, I'm not a good mom. Cause I can't, I can't handle it. Like I'm like literally sitting in a chair all day. And instead of saying like, okay, like, oh, cool. This is his strengths. Like I can pick up on what he's doing and then, you know, he's going to teach me some things and it's okay that he's good at this because I am good at like some other things and like, how do we build on our strengths versus feeling like maybe sometimes it's, it makes us bad or what we're doing is not as good, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so what's your advice to couples in not just like how to deal with it in the moment, Mm -hmm. but preparing for it, you know? like being ready for the fact that they are going to have different skill sets with the baby. They're going to have different reactions or they're going to bond at different levels with the baby, you know, or they're going to feel more or less connected to each other. Like how does a couple prepare for that? Right. Well, I like encourage them to like kind of sit down and, you know, in our book, we have like a list of like different transition issues that, you know, different people experience or feel. So I recommend like going through a list like that or, you know, checking it out, like what are your biggest concerns, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you can each like sit and like reflect on that and take some time to like write it out, you know, and then kind of compare, you know, are your concerns like your parenting roles? Are your concerns, you know, body image or mood and anxiety issues after or, you know, sometimes even during pregnancy? Are your concerns not getting enough sleep and what will that look like? And so how can we, you know, start talking about what are these concerns that we each have? And oftentimes they're different and and then sometimes they're the same. And so then I say, okay, so can we work on the ones that are different? Like, how do we support the other person that's not worried about that so that, you know, we can work together? And the ones that maybe are the same where can we get support and help us both through this being a concern and challenges for us like going forward? Yeah. We never did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did not do that either. <laughs> yeah. The first time. <laughs> I mean, do you think there's like a challenge though for couples in doing that is because, you know, there's there's this like sort of, you know, fairy tale thing that it's just supposed to be this amazing thing. And that they feel like they have to just focus on like the joy of it. Yeah. And that they're sort of afraid to bring up ahead of time or during Hmm. their insecurities and and their challenges. Yeah. No, I definitely think that is, you you know, because when we first started the class, it was really like, okay, this is for expecting parents. And then it became like, okay, for new and expecting parents like that first year. And, you know, oftentimes, and I'm sure that you see this too in your practice, like, I'm getting couples that are like a year in, a couple years in, oh, now we're going to have another child and like, we don't want the same thing to happen. So I think it is Mm -hmm. like hard. It's hard to think like it could be bad, especially if you feel like you're connected and you and your partner on the same page, which is what I thought with my husband. And, And for the most part, like we still were, but you know, when sleep deprivation sets in and the fact that you're learning a million new things every day of how to like mm-hmm. operate and how to do things. It's like stressful and, and draining and and it's a lot to feel like you're yeah. responsible for this 
for a new human being or two or three or whatever. It feels like survival mode. That's that's what I remember the most is like it's hard enough to like in just a stressful moment in any old argument with your with your partner. But when it when it feels like literally with that baby, it feels like life and death. It's like I'm keeping this this thing cannot exist without me. And so how do I make room for myself? How do I make my partner a priority? How do I make our relationship a priority? It seems like so, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like you can't, you don't even have the room for it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where making sure you have more support in place, you know, like it's not just you and your partner. I think that's been one of the hardest things about the pandemic, especially is that People feeling like, oh, I thought I was going to have support and now I don't because Mm -hmm. my, you know, my family members, they can't come or they're not able to fly out or, you know, whatever's going on. The challenges of, you know, traveling or health concerns about being around family with a, you know, a new baby or, or friends. And we need that support. Like we need more support to help Mm -hmm. us do all the new things as parents. Yeah. I love, I love also what you said in the book about sort of like you have to also be, willing to maneuver and change because what you think you might want before or what you even think you want one week (laughs) might be different the next and that having that sort of maneuverability. But I don't know, how do you do that? That, That's the other thing. Like, like, again, it, it seems like having a baby, like I said, it's just like, it's such like you're in just survival mode. Yeah. I think communication is important. Like, I think that's the key, like, if you're able to talk about things. So I tell people, it's like, okay, I'm all about developing a postpartum plan, but I'm not saying, like, Mm -hmm. this is a a plan that's, like, written in stone. But I think if we have a plan ahead of time and we've talked about things, then it's easier to be like, okay, this is what we're thinking, but now this isn't working. Like, I thought I didn't want to have any help from anyone for the first Mm -hmm. couple weeks because I just wanted it to be, you know, the three of us or our small family bonding. But now I'm realizing this isn't working. I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. You know, we need some help to come in. And that help is okay. Yeah. But I think it's easier to have those conversations when you've had a conversation originally. And if you haven't, we'll start talking about it now. Like, start talking about what are your needs? What is the most challenging part of this that you're having? You know, what is the most challenging part of this that I'm having? And where do we get the support? If we can't give it to each other, like if it's a matter of, Sometimes it's a matter of like, okay, like I just need to have a day that I sleep in and then maybe the next day you get to sleep in mm-hmm. on the weekends or whatever. Like sometimes there's small little things that you can do and then sometimes it's greater adjustments that you need to make. But it's like start having those talks. I would say like in the years we've been doing this, like two big dynamics we've seen with new parents is, and this is like male-female relationship that yes. I'm talking about is like that the mom has this, you know, maternal like hypervigilance around this and then the male partner will be like, oh, she, she's like telling me I have to feed the baby. It's like, I know how to feed a baby. And he yeah. feels like he's kind of losing his own self-worth. Because, yeah. And then, and like helping them understand, like, it's not about you. It's like this anxiety that a mom has. And it's like, yes, okay, remember at 10 o'clock, you had to do the applesauce and at three o'clock. And then mm-hmm. it's not to like make the man feel less than, but to understand that that it is such a different experience mm-hmm. when the woman is having the baby. And I just remember all of the time, like, uh, EJ won't do it as good as me. And it wasn't even about EJ. It was about my own anxiety, yeah. like just this sense of, I'm like going back there and I feel like, oh my gosh, it was so hard. Yeah. And that EJ didn't realize, like he would be like, oh, well, 
you know, like it, it was only 30 minutes off. And I was like, no, but they have to take a nap right at 11. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or everything is like got off. Yeah. <laughs> I remember doing a schedule every day and every day that schedule was different. And I think EJ probably thought I was crazy and I thought I was crazy, <laughs> but we didn't understand like the differences between how we each perceived, yeah. not the safety of our children, but more around like the hypervigilance for me. And I also dealt with postpartum that mm-hmm. I, that was really hard. And I think a lot of partners don't understand that. And a lot of people, they don't even know if they are going through postpartum. Yeah. And we've had to like say, Hey, I think that this might be happening. And they're like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, right. yeah, absolutely it is. Right. I mean, is that a part of your book is helping a couple? Cause you, you can't totally prepare for postpartum, right? But you can, I guess, be ready to identify it if it's happening. Like, yeah. how, how do you go about uh, helping couples with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do talk about that in the book. And, you know, some women will experience, now they're trying to change the, you know, the term is kind of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And it, you can experience it during pregnancy and then also up to a year postpartum. And, you know, I also tell couples like, it could even be beyond that, especially if there was like no mm-hmm. treatment, you know, it's unresolved because we think like, oh, it's just, I'm a new mom or you've asked your your doctor and maybe they say, oh, this is normal, you know, or you talk to friends and they're like, oh, everybody experiences. And so then you think it's okay. It's nothing. It's just me having a harder time than everyone else around me. But, you know, it's understanding, you know, what are the risk factors and then mm-hmm. also, you know, what what are some of the symptoms, you know, and, and there's anxiety, depression, and we hear a lot about depression, but I tend to see anxiety a lot more than I see depression. And then sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there's even PTSD, like if there was a traumatic birth experience or something, you know, around any part of the pregnancy or after. And, you know, sometimes the anxiety tends to be more like OCD types you know, symptoms and, you know, a lot of scary things. And then, then of course, you know, it can be even more severe postpartum psychosis. And it's like, I think it's, yeah, understanding what the risk factors are and then yeah. knowing what the symptoms are and then having, you know, you can have a plan in place. Like, okay, like if this is happening, then we want to make sure we get this in order. Like if I have a history of any kind of mood or anxiety disorder, then, you know, your risk goes up for it postpartum. So I think it's really important to know like, okay, let's be on board with my doctor and do I need to have, you know, a therapist that I can make sure that I can call and check in with, or do we, you know, need to have a postpartum doula because I need to make like sleep is really important because we know like when we're not getting sleep, it definitely affects our mood. Um, So like, that's going to be a priority for me. Or like, if it's not a postpartum doula, like it's family, like, what are the things that we need to have in place just to make sure, you know, that this can hopefully go as smoothly as possible? Absolutely. Because with that education and feeling more connected to your partner, you will be able to handle, yeah. you know, get through it. But if you don't, which we didn't, we fractured because we were not educated around this. I read so many baby books, but nothing about like, oh, your husband and you and relationship yeah. and all the things to look for and things that might happen and transitions that you may, like, nothing. And so I, again, I'm just like, so my heart feels very happy that you have written this book oh. really focused on <laughs> how to like, maintain and have a healthy, stable relationship so you can get through this very difficult transition. Yeah. Cause I remember like, there's a couple of like, it's burned into my memory of like having an incredibly stressful moment in response to mm-hmm. the kids. 
and being on the opposite sides mm. of the house. I remember Tara was in the kitchen crying and I was in the bathroom, which was basically the farthest distance <laughs> I could be away from her inside the uh -huh. house, you know, kind of like emotionally distraught myself. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a great image for couples is like in those moments, I think couples feel very separate yeah. in something that, God, wouldn't it be amazing if you could feel yeah. connected to your partner yeah. in those moments? And I, I think that is one of the hardest things. Like, like I remember that too, where it's like, and I, I talk about this in my book, is like driving to work, to work with couples and individuals and crying because I'm, my husband and I had like had an, you know, an argument or whatever, you know, just feeling so disconnected from him and thinking like, how am I supposed to help other people if I can't even help right. ourselves? You know, like I can't help us. I can't do this. Like this is like the hardest and everything is worse when you're disconnected from your partner. Like everything I feel like is harder. Yes. And so it's like, okay, like how do we start getting on the same page? Cause I mean, that's so often what we want. And it, it, it gets easier when we can be on the same page and like working together. So that that's a that's a perfect segue to a question that we have for you, which is okay. So so a couple is listening today and they're relating mm -hmm. to it and they're like and they're they're recognizing. Gosh, we are in a nosedive yeah. right now around like emotionally and as a relationship. You know, in our relationship. And we, you know, we're in the early stages of our child's life. How do they pull up out of that nosedive? Like, what do you, what do you say to that couple? Well, I think first of all is like acknowledging it, and I think it's acknowledging it to each other and saying like, hey, you know, because sometimes it's like, oh, well, my partner doesn't even think that there's something wrong. Well, usually they they tend to. Nobody's talking about it, you know, and I'm feeling a certain way. So first step that, that you're acknowledging it. Okay. And I just want to validate, like, you're not alone in this and you're not, the, you're definitely not the first couple, like, hello, the, the three of us here. Right. So like, you're not alone in this. And then it's like, okay, right. what can we do? Like, how do we stop nosediving? Like, how can we start connecting and getting back and working together? And is it a matter of like doing small check-ins every day is, you know, making some time for a date, even if it's like, we're not leaving the house, but the kids are in bed or taking a nap or whatever, or they're quietly playing. If that, <laughs> you're lucky to have kids that do that, <laughs> you know, but like where we can take some time, like we can connect uninterrupted and, you know, just kind of get back on the yeah. same page with each other. It's like, and I'm sure you hear this too. It's like, I don't even know that I want to spend time <laughs> with my partner. Like I'm so like frustrated with them, you know, but it's like, if we don't do that, right, like that resentment, like I always think of it as a wall. The resentment just starts building, building, and then it's going to be harder to tear down. So we've got to start repairing some of that, like start tearing it down and repairing where the damage has been done so we can get back to connecting and feeling good about our relationship. And I think that starts with yeah. the communication. And also letting those children, our children know that like we're connected as their parents, you know, and even though it's difficult, like we can do this together and mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's split off and tense because kids right. can pick up tension from a very early age. Yeah. And I think also like we tend to think that it has to be some grand yes. gesture, you know, it has to be like this like three hour right. date or you have to go to like a spa together and get away. And what, what Tara and I have really found over the years in, in our relationship is that 10 yeah. minute, you know, cup of, cup of coffee in the morning throughout all of this, throughout the, from early on in our relationship with babies all the way through now, you know, is that that, that is the most yeah. meaningful. So a couple who's going through a really tough time in the early part of their child's life 
it might be awkward mm-hmm. at first, but making that five, 10 minutes to check in together yeah. becomes this like repeatable thing that makes it's like a moment of normality in the midst of a world that feels out of control. Right. And then it like, I think, and those grand gestures are like big and they're huge, but you're going to want to do them together <laughs> when you're able to like spend yeah. the little moments. Cause it, even if it's like at the end of the day, you're tired or like, I don't want to be spending a couple hours hanging. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, you know, 20, 30 minutes at the end of the day or something. And once or twice a week is even yeah. helpful, you know, and then you can, you build on those things, like you said. So yeah, I think every day you should have a brief check-in because it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for like everything. Like even if it's like you're struggling emotionally, like maybe you are having a hard time and having some anxiety or depression. And it's like, if we're checking in and understanding where each other is coming from, we're better equipped to help and support each other. Do you have any in the book around like how to Oh, this is like a very big topic, but how to like keep up with intimacy and not necessarily sex, but like, mm-hmm. you know, do you talk about that in your book? Yes. Yeah. We talk about that. And, you know, and I give like examples of how to find like the little moments, because I think that's what all of this is. Like I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation about like taking time for self. Yeah. Self-care, you know, I think can get over played and feels like another task that you're failing at making. But I think it's like those little things, like what are the little things that you need to do for yourself? But then also like intimacy wise, what are the, like the little, you know, John and Julie got me to talk about the small gestures. And I'm like huge on that. Like, what are the small little things I can do for my partner to help him out or like connect with him or that I know like he appreciates and you know, they're not the big things. And that helps, you know, with that connection and then also like helps with the intimacy because mm-hmm. having that is is so important. So, you know, what are the ways to do that when you're busy and have, you know, small children or children at all, really? But um, and, and what's really realistic, too, because I yeah. remember like our very first date, oh, probably didn't happen for a year after the twins were born. And I remember thinking like... I was so anxious, like, oh gosh, I know EJ is going to want to like get frisky tonight. And (laughs) like my little body just was like, I was so over nursing and like, I just didn't even feel like my own sexual being. And I remember having all this anxiety, but I didn't know how to talk about it with him. And I was ruminating on it all night. And like, we finally, you know, I mean, we opened up our couple center and we really like, we have to talk about that. Like if our sex drive completely shifts and instead of like having that anxiety, like talk about it. Cause I never said to EJ, like, do you know, like this entire time I've been thinking about, like, I'm just so tired and I can't wait to get home from our date to go to bed. And there's like zero friskiness that I'm feeling right now, but I didn't want to make him feel bad because it was our first date out. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Cause again, like EJ said earlier, we don't learn how to talk about intimacy Mm -hmm. on the spectrum or even like, you know, how sex drives will like, will differ throughout our Mm -hmm. relationship lifespan. Well, and I think it's, and I try to talk about this too, is like, everything is like, it fluctuates, right? Like, so maybe you're not going to have as much sex after baby, you know, and everyone's different and everyone's, mm-hmm. you know, how they feel is different, you know, cause I have so many women I talk to, like when they're breastfeeding, they don't want to be touched by their partners, but then there's always, you know, the people that are like, oh no, now I, you know, like I'm even more, you know, want to have yeah. sex than I've ever had, you know? So it's like, everybody is different. Right. So I think it is so important to talk about how you're feeling and what your needs are, but I also to know like, okay, like maybe right now we're not doing the same things that we used to do, 
But like, how do we adjust to what our family is right now? And it's not Mm -hmm. like it's going to be like this forever. It's going to change and it's going to grow. And, you know, right now we're getting small little mini dates at home. But eventually, you know, we get the longer days and eventually, you know, we can have a week together or a weekend or something like that. Like all of these things can come back. But I think if you're you're talking about it and communicating about where you're at with it, it's going to make it that much easier to get back together. That's a key concept that we talk about with all of our couples in a variety of different areas is acceptance versus resignation. That not resigning to like it's over, but accepting, hey, this is where it's at now, but we're going to work on it. And it's 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 not going to be like this forever, right? It feels a, a lot less powerless. Right. Well, I mean, so tell us, like, what are all the ways right now that you individually, and it sounds like you and your husband are doing these workshops together still, you know, what are the ways in which you're supporting couples in handling and in, in navigating this difficult transition into parenthood? Yeah. So we, unfortunately, we haven't done like a workshop since the pandemic, but we've actually done two-on-two experiences via Zoom, like where like we'll meet with a couple, yeah. you know, the four of us and kind of, you know, go through basically the curriculum of our, of our workshop and, you know, and is catered to what their needs are um, specifically. And so that's been, you know, fun. And so we're hoping to get back to doing the in-person workshops here soon. I'm not sure when, but hopefully very soon. Um, and then of course, like, you know, I still continue to do work with couples in my practice. Yeah. And, and people who, who want to get to just know you a little yeah. bit better and, and understand where you're coming from and maybe learn more about your book. Like what's the, you know, contact what are your, yeah, what's all your contact information, your social media handles, all that. Yeah. So my website is happywithbaby.com and then I'm on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is all at happy with baby, just to keep it simple for me mm-hmm, <laughs> and those around mm-hmm. me. But yeah, so that's like the easiest way, you know, to get a hold of me. Well, we'll definitely, you know, in our show notes, everybody out there, we'll give you uh, links to get a hold of uh, Catherine, links to uh, her book, Happy with Baby. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for for coming on and being a part of our podcast. And thank you for using your experience to help many other couples in need and really trying to provide that education systems before it hits a crisis and then people can open up a counseling center. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Oh yeah, this was so great. I can't wait to read this book and probably order some for our shelves in here because we're constantly giving out different types of books so couples can again just be more prepared it's it's our passion oh yeah. thank you and one more thing i just think it's like you know what what i got out of our conversation and checking out your book a little bit is that this is a great book for couples preparing you know in in mm-hmm. b- before baby comes but it seems like it's also a great book for somebody to pick up you know afterwards when they're when they're feeling overwhelmed and need some help in the moment so it seems like a you know a broad range of parents it's going to be a great fit for it's never too late no it's never too late i think that's important yeah great well thank you Catherine. Thank it's a pleasure you, to get to know you a little better yeah happy new year happy Best new of year everything. thank you yeah and thank you all for being here and listening to relationship renovation podcast and as always take care of yourself take care of each other see you guys soon bye-bye Singing on the train, me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.